Welcome to The Personal Beethoven, an intimate look at the man behind the masterpieces. Presented by pianist, conductor, composer, and educator, Michael Shertok. And now, Episode 3, Crisis and Conflict. One of the most significant biographers of Beethoven in the 19th century was the American Thayer. And he made the following observation about the year 1799 for Beethoven in Vienna. He writes, In the merrymaking of the country folk of Beethoven's pastoral symphony, at the point where the fun grows most fast and furious and the excitement rises to its height, there is an ominous sound, as if distant thunder, which gives the first faint warning of the coming storm. So it was that Beethoven began to notice problems in his hearing in 1799, which distressed him terribly as it quickly worsened. He sought counsel and treatment from all sorts of doctors. He was, it should be said, a dreadful and eccentric patient. He would be given medicine to take every day and take it all at once, believing it wouldn't be possible for a teaspoon of medicine to work. Why not take a tablespoon? He would take medicine for a day and cease to take it if it didn't work immediately. He would promise to visit with the doctor every day and abandon the trip after a couple of days. However, it is likely that nothing in medicine at the time could really have helped him. It's one of the great mysteries of medicine and music, what exactly happened to Beethoven's hearing, and there have been all sorts of theories which have gained prominence, the latest of which may have been that his trips to the spas, in part to console himself after the loss of his mother, he might have been exposed to a great deal of lead, which could have contributed both to issues of his personality and to the destruction of his hearing. We will never know for certain, but the latest science showed that there was a great deal of lead in samples of his hair. That is the reigning theory of now. It is hard to imagine a more devastating blow to a rapidly rising composer and performer than the thought of the ultimate loss of his hearing. Interestingly, Beethoven's principal complaints about his predicament were not really musical. They were more frequently social complaints. Beethoven had a near constant anxiety in his relationship with other people, an anxiety about being misunderstood, and he was terribly worried that people would think him hateful and misanthropic. He continued to consult doctors and continued to be a difficult and eccentric patient. But mostly, he worried in private, and eventually, he poured his heart out in a secret document that only saw the light of day after his death. In 1802, Beethoven composed a lengthy letter to his two brothers that was not shared with the public, or perhaps even discovered until after he died. And in it, he bemoans the deterioration of what surely is a musician's most precious gift, the precision and sensitivity of the hearing. 
but it's obviously his social isolation and what he feels is his growing reputation as a misanthrope and a recluse that galls him the most. He even contemplates suicide, but yet he knows he has been given this profound gift of composition and he wants to live and produce the pieces that he feels are still within him. He's a man of an interesting faith, which is certainly deepened by the proximity of nature, and he feels a strong sense of providence, but he also experiences deep lows of bitterness and often express them in sarcasm and explosions of temper with people around him. Beethoven found ways somehow to function in society as his hearing continued to deteriorate. One of the ways were conversation books. These were notebooks he carried with him that his friends and visitors would write in to ask him questions. Sometimes midway in the deterioration of his hearing, they would use an ear trumpet that they would place in his ear and speak loudly. Beethoven was delighted when at a party, a young lady shrieked loudly, a high-pitched shriek, and he heard it or if he could hear just the vibrations and the loudest extremes of his playing on his clavier at home. In fact, he really became a destroyer of keyboards at this time. He was physically powerful, and as he tried to play louder and louder, he would destroy hammers and strings very rapidly. Young musicians, young men in Vienna who admired him terrifically and in some ways wanted to be connected to a great man, attached themselves to him and did him countless services. Anton Schindler was a frequent companion in his later years, and he's sort of a notoriously inaccurate biographer, but still a lot of what he says probably was true. He does share a heartbreaking story Musically, Beethoven was most affected by his deafness, not as a composer, but as a performer. And his conducting began to terribly frustrate orchestras of Viennese musicians. And Schindler says he never saw Beethoven more depressed and forlorn than after a rehearsal of Fidelio, in which Beethoven was dismissed from the stage because it was utterly impossible for him to coordinate the orchestra with the singers. When Beethoven's brother, Karl, died, Ludwig began a long but ultimately successful series of legal maneuvers to gain custody of his nephew, Karl, from his mother, a woman Beethoven did not consider responsible, chaste, or mature. Beethoven appears sometimes selfless, full of altruistic love for his nephew. Sometimes he seems a little bit hypocritical in his criticisms and attacks on the mother. The whole thing drained him terribly, and although there were certainly some compositional masterpieces for this time, frankly, his output was reduced significantly for years. It is possible that this intense concern of Beethoven for another human being may have been an important component of a certain self-abnegation people often hear in the works of his final and extraordinary period. 
Next on The Personal Beethoven, Episode 4, Beethoven, Napoleon, and Romanticism.